You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I am Rachel Holt. Welcome to the How to Win podcast with Mike Moore. Mike Moore is not with us today, but I am sitting in for him. So glad that you have joined us today. It's going to be an awesome time in the Word of God. So go ahead and let's get started. Thank you again for joining us. I'm going to jump right in with one of my favorite quotes. I have a couple of favorite quotes, uh, one by Mother Teresa. The other one is by Martin Luther King. And he said, if you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. By giving that definition of greatness, It means that everybody can be great because everybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know about Plato and Aristotle to serve. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of of relativity to serve. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics to serve. You only need a heart full of grace a soul generated by love, and you can be that servant. In that, Martin Luther King actually used the scripture over in Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through through 45, in that he is telling you that you can be great because you can serve. I want to change it just a little bit, and I want to reread it, but I want to change servant to giver. So listen at this. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be a giver. That's a new definition of greatness. By giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great because everybody can give. You don't have to have a college degree to give. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to give. You don't have to know Plato and Aristotle to give. You don't have to know Einstein's theory of relativity to give. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics in physics to give. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love, and you can be that giver. I want to talk to you briefly today on the subject of giving. This is Christmas time, and Christmas is known as the season of giving. So I want to spend the season with you just talking about giving. And we'll look at a story from the Bible, an amazing story to me, of a giver. Um, You don't have to be a servant to give, but know this. Being a servant is a condition of your heart. You can be a giver and not be a servant, but you cannot be a servant and not be a giver. You must be a giver in order to make a great servant. So let's define some of our terms. Servant, a person who performs duties for others, especially a person employed in a house on domestic duties or a personal attendant. That's a servant. A servant also is a person who is devoted and a helpful person of a follower or a supporter. A servant is a devoted and helpful follower or supporter, and then a servant is a person employed in the service of government. Our, our, our 
armed forces, they are servants. Anybody serving in our armed forces, thank you, and they are servants. They're in the industry of serving. But we don't have to be in the armed forces to be great servers. We can be servants and givers just in our positions, just in our worlds. The definition of giver is a person who gives something. We all have something to give. All of us have something we can share. All of us have something that we can impart to another person. We can share with another person. We can say to another person. We can all be givers. Here's one, something I want you to remember. Servants are givers, but givers are not necessarily servants. Got it? Servants are givers, but givers are not necessarily servants. Let's continue. My computer just done something weird, so y'all bear with me for just a moment. I hit the wrong button, and that is totally on me. So give me just a second. You should always have a backup plan, and I have a backup plan, so I'll probably just go to my paper notes if it doesn't come up. We got it. We're back. Sorry about that, y'all. Thanks for being patient with me. All right, so we're here to talk about giving. I want to read you a couple of a couple of scriptures. First, I want to read 2 Corinthians 9, verses 6 and 7 that God loves a cheerful giver. In the King James Version, it says this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one, as he purpose in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. I like the way that it's mentioned in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation says it this way, Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. You can't operate in the joy of giving, and your heart is not right towards giving. So let's continue on, and let's define some more terms. Generous. Generous is an attitude. It's a state of mind. It's a matter of the heart. The, the, the dictionary defines generous as showing a readiness to give more of something as of money or time that is strictly necessary or expected. It's showing kindness towards others. It's kindness. Generosity is being kind. Generosity is being willing to give. Generosity is a readiness. That's what being generous is. It's a readiness. It's a, it's a state of mind. It's an attitude. It's, it's who you are. It's, I want to give. I, I want to be generous. I want to help. I want to assist. It's the ability to just jump in and help out. That's being generous. And then generosity is of quality. A, the quality of being kind, the quality of being generous, the quality or fact of being plentiful or large. I had a generous portion of ice cream last night for dinner. I had a very generous portion of ice cream. You can have, generous can be 
It can be so many things, guys. You just have to have and an, an heart and a mindset to be generous. If you want to get God's attention, tap into the joy of giving. Tap into the joy of giving, and that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about giving, giving from your heart, giving out of obedience, giving out of your conviction, giving out of a state of mind that says, I want to do more. I want to be plentiful. I want, this is a want, this is a desire. Let's look at a story. I'm going to jump right into the story over in 1 Kings 17. If you want to follow along, go to 1 Kings 17. And I'm going to read a story. I'm going to read all of it from verses 1 through verses 24. I'm going to read the entire story to you. And we're going to talk about an instruction God gave to a widow woman and how it set her up to be successful. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1 says, And Elisha the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Sherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8 says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little of oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, and Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. Elijah. And she and he and her household ate many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry. 
according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken by Elijah. Verse 17. Now it happened after these things that the son of the woman who owned the house became sick. And his sickness was so serious that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what have I to do with you? O man of God, have you come to me to bring my sin into remembrance and to kill my son? And he said to her, give me your son. So he took him out of her arms and carried him to the upper room where he was staying and laid on him his, and laid him on his own bed. Then he cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, you have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodged by killing her son? And he stretched himself out on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray, let the child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see your son lives. Then the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. That story reminds me of where we are right now in 2020. If you can see in the beginning of this story or the middle parts of the story, this widow woman had lost her husband. She was having an economic crisis and then illness attacked her child. It is very similar to where we are right now in 2020. So I just want to give you some encouragement from looking in the word of God as we break down these scriptures and see that God saw ahead and provided. So we're just going to go through almost line by line with these scriptures for some encouragement from his word so that you can see God had told her, God had given her a word. We don't know what the specific word was, but we do know that God had commanded her. So let's go back through the story. Let's go up to verse three. We're going to, first of all, just take a good look at some things because I think it's kind of funny that God sent the prophet Elijah to this widow woman. But if you think about what this widow woman may have seen when she saw Elijah, when he met Elijah, when he met her, he, he had just left from being fed by ravens. Verses one through seven tells us that he was being fed by ravens, meat and bread. It tells us that he was getting water from the brook. So when he first came in contact with this lady, he was asking her for some water. So if we look at the story, realistically, she had a word. She definitely had a word. So let's look at it. Let's go up. Let's go to verse nine. God had told uh, Elijah, he said, arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So Elijah was obedient. He went. As Elijah got there, verse 10 tells us he arose and he went. He went. But here's what we, what we want to look at. Let's look at verse 11. It says, actually, we're going to go to the second part of verse 10, where it says, and he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. 
That was an easy instruction for her. She was on her way to do that. But then verse 11 says, and as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread. Whatever God told her, I believe that she thought the water was an easy instruction. I got that. I can do that. Got that. Okay, let me go get the water. And as she was going, the prophet called out, ma'am, bring me some bread. She said, okay, the water, I had that, but I don't have bread. She was real honest with him. She said, I don't have bread in verse 12. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Sometimes the instructions of God will sound simple and easy, but then to fully obey, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your faith. You'll have to apply faith, but she was willing to give it because she had a word from God. We don't know the specific word. All we know is that he had commanded her to provide for Elijah. It was beyond water. It was going to cost her something. It cost her the flour that she had, and it cost her the oil. But when she, you can never be God given because when she gave it, Let's go. Let me not get ahead. Let me not get ahead because I get excited about this word. I get excited about how God always gives us more than what we give him. He always provides at a greater level. The Bible says that God gave the earth to the children of men. He gave us the earth, guys. We can dominate here in the earth. Over in the book of Genesis, he said he gave us dominion. And so not only did he give us dominion, here's the thing. He told Adam to till the ground. Once he set Adam in the Garden of Eden, he told him to till the ground. So whatever we plant, we're going to always get more back. Whatever we plant, we always get more back. So she had some flour and some oil, but she made the man of God some bread. Let's look at it. it and so Elijah had to encourage her because sometimes you're going to need somebody to encourage you. In verse 13, it says, and Elijah said to her, do not fear. That's what I want to share with someone today. Do not fear. Whatever is going on with you, even if it looks like you, your little bit is just a little bit, do not fear. Have faith. Don't fear. Do not fear. He says, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor the jar of oil run dry until the day sends rain on the earth. It wasn't going to give out. I don't know if what Elijah said to her confirmed what God had already said to her, but we do know this. We know that she went because verse 15 says, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. I believe it was a confirmation. I believe that the word that Elijah spoke to her was already the word that she had received in her heart and her spirit from God. I believe that it bared witness with what she knew. So she went and did it. 
It says, and she and he and her household ate for many days. She only had a little, but she was willing to first give it to God. And giving it first to God opened up provision for her, for the prophet, and for her household. So you have to be willing to give whatever is in your house. You have something to give. You have, you have something that can produce provision for your entire household. I encourage you to spend time with God, hear from God, act on whatever he tells you that is in your house and do not fear. Do not fear. The being a flower was not used up. <laughs> nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of God, which Elijah spoke. I'm here to tell you that whatever you have, it won't be used up. It won't run dry. And you'll have provision based on the word of God. But let's look at this. Soon as her economic situation changed, she hit a health crisis. Her son basically died. The Bible says that breath had left him. He had no more breath in him. That's verse 17. He had no more breath. But God had already saw ahead and provided. He sent Elijah to her house to be a blessing to her. When God gives you a word, it's not a word just for you. He's going to give you a word that's going to be there for someone else. When he sent Elijah to her house, he sent Elijah there to help her. He helped her economic situation, and he also helped in the healing and the deliverance of her son. He helped, he helped in that. He gave her son back to her. And he said, and the Bible says, the woman said to Elijah, this is the end of it. Verse 24, the woman said to Elijah, now by this, I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is the truth. I believe, Bible don't tell me, but I believe from there she ministered to others. I'll tell you why I believe that. I believe that because this widow is mentioned by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Over in the book of Luke, verse 4, when Jesus is teaching, verse 26, verse 24 and 26, he said, then, then he said, this is Jesus talking, surely I say to you, no prophet is, accept, is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up for three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land, but to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. I believe that she started telling people about Elijah and what happened in her household it, it spread throughout the land. I just believe that. I can't prove it, but I do believe that. So here's my word to you. When God makes something happen for you, and something's going to happen for you, trust me, something miraculous, something big, something amazing is going to happen for you. I encourage you to share it and tell others. Give God the glory. Let others know what God has done for you. When you have a word, 
and the word manifest, you can't keep it to yourself. You've got to give that. And so since we're talking about giving, somebody may be watching and saying, I just don't have it to give. I don't, I don't, I lost my job during COVID or they downsized at my company during COVID or this happened or anything could have happened at this time. But I want to encourage you with this. You have something that you can give. I'm going to give you some tips that you can give and you don't even need money. You can give some things where you don't even have to have money. Here's tip number one. I want y'all to know I have seven. Mike Moore normally has seven. I have seven. One may be a stretch, but I was determined to have seven. <laughs> so here's tip number one. You can send handwritten notes and thank you cards to the local hospitals. Contact a local hospital and see, can you send some handwritten notes or note cards? You said, well, I would have to buy the note cards. Nope. If you have paper and pen in your house, make them very, very authentic. Make them very organic. Have some organic notes. Write some notes and deliver them to your hospitals or to your neighborhood urgent care. Let them send thank you notes. Let them know that you appreciate them for being on the front line. Something else you can do won't cost you a dime, just some time. Pray for local businesses. Pray for our local businesses and the business owners. Pray for these small businesses. Pray for them that they'll prosper during this time. Pray that they don't have to shut their doors. You can pray. Won't cost you any money to do that. You can give that. Here's another one. Contact your local police precinct or your fire department. Now, this may cost you a little money. <laughs> give them some individually wrapped snacks or thank you cards. Again, the thank you cards won't cost you any money if you just write them. If you use what's in your house and write them. You got a local dollar store. You could probably purchase some snacks and take to them. It won't cost you a lot of money. Here's another one. I saw this. I thought it was unique. Some people are leaving little baskets of water and snacks at their mailbox for their local mail delivery people, for the local postal carriers. We can give them some encouragement during this time. Just leave them a little thank you and say, take a snack or take some water or some juice. You can leave something. It may be small, but you can't beat God's giving. It's not a handful of flour and it's not oil, but it's what you have in your house. Here's another one. Contact a local nursing home and see if you can drop off some candy canes. Or again, cards. You can always write cards. I bet someone would be happy to receive a card. They would be happy. Number six, this is free. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our governmental leaders. Pray for our church leaders. Pray for the leaders on your job. Pray for our leaders. The uh, Bible says in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 3 in the message translation, the first thing I want you to do is pray. Pray every way you know how for everyone you know. Everyone. Pray for everyone you know. Pray especially for rulers and their governments to rule well so we can be quietly about our business of living simply in, in humble contemplation. This is the way of our Savior. This is the way our Savior God wants us to live. 
You can pray for leaders. You can pray for your neighbors. You can pray for your family. You can give the gift of prayer. Prayer is the gift that keeps on giving. Pray that people are blessed. Pray that people don't lose their jobs. Pray that our economy turns around. Pray that our government operates in unity and in agreement. Pray for our churches. Pray for pastors during this time when some congregants still aren't getting together. Pray for innovative and creative ways to connect with each other. Pray that we have genuine connection with one another. And then this is the other one. This is the one I said might be a stretch, but I was determined to have seven. I think it's good though. Embrace and operate in the fruit of the spirit. That's something you can do for yourself. Embrace and operate in the fruit of the spirit. And sometimes you need to give yourself a gift. Sometimes you need to pamper yourself. Galatians 5, 22 through 26 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. You can give the gift of kindness. I was laughing at someone the other day because if you hear someone sneeze these days, you normally don't even say bless you anymore. You're looking at them like something is wrong with them. No, let's be kind. We can be kind as we're out shopping. We can be kind. We can be generous. We can, we can operate in the spirit of joy. Remember, I started off by saying the joy of giving is a heart condition. So you want to develop a con and condition your heart to just be kind, to be generous, to be loving, to be long-suffering, be patient with others. That's a gift. That's a gift for some of us who like to do things in a hurry. And I said us, because I like to just get it done in a hurry. If I learn to slow down and be patient with others, that's giving them the gift of time. And so you have something that you can give. You have every, each and every one of us have something either in us or in our house that we can give to others. Now, I gave you some practical tips. If you want to drop some comments in the chat to tell us something that you can think of that we can do, we would love to hear that. We would love to see it. If you have any questions or comments, this is a short podcast today. I just wanted to encourage you. I pray that you've been encouraged. I pray that the word allowed you to see that spending time with God will give you an instruction from God that will help you tap into the provision of God. That's all I wanted to do today. I wanted you to understand that spending time in the word will open up unlimited possibilities for you. It'll open up the miraculous. You cannot tell me that this lady looking in her natural circumstances, this widow just looking at her natural circumstances, seeing that little bit of flour, that little bit of oil, and then having the prophet to ask her to give him some bread, 
she had to consider her circumstances, but I believe she considered the word of God above her circumstances. I believe that when Elijah told her, when he confirmed what God said to her, I believe that it opened up her faith to operate for the supernatural. I believe that. Amen. I have enjoyed sharing with you. I have enjoyed that. We're going to see if we have any questions here. One second. Oh, that's a great question. Great question. The question is, is there a such thing as giving so much that others take advantage of you? How do you distinguish between giving too much? Great question. Here's my answer for that. You cannot beat God's giving. Again, giving should be done from your heart. Giving is a matter of your heart. So when you say, is there a such thing as giving so much that others take advantage of you? God won't let you be taken advantage of. So if you are giving out of an instruction or conviction of your heart that you've received from God, you won't be taken advantage of. And here's the thing. You give it from an honest and a genuine heart and you depend on God for the rest of it. So if the person or persons or organization or whatever you're giving to are not doing right, that's not, that's not something that you're going to have to give an account for. That's them. But you want to be led by God with your giving. And so to distinguish between giving too much you can't, not if you're trusting God, if you're giving out of a heart and obedience to God. I think that's it. Any more questions? Well, I have enjoyed it. You all have a blessed and wonderful day. I have enjoyed hosting this edition of How to Win with Mike Moore. Go on and go get to winning. <laughs>